Hello and welcome to On Mission, a podcast from the Catholic Apostolate Center. My name is Chris Pierno, and I'm joined on the podcast today by Father Frank Donio and Kate Fowler, and we'll be discussing Mary as Mother of the Church and Mothers as our Primary Teachers. guest joining us on the podcast uh today um very famous blog writer uh for the catholic apostolate center uh she also happens to be uh the mother of my child and my wife chrissy is joining us on the podcast welcome chrissy hi thanks for having me welcome chrissy yeah we're very excited to have you chrissy thank that you for coming to us, us. <laughs> Oh, you know, that's not the way to go about this. I think this is our first podcast with a couple on at the same time. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You know, Kate, that you are right. That is amazing. I think we're on. Well, thank you for uh, thank you for doing that, uh, for doing this with us. Uh, Absolutely. Chrissy. Thanks for inviting me and having us and glad to be here. So we'll try and get through this, folks. Uh, so we're talking about uh, we're talking about Mary. Uh Mother of the Church. There's a a, a special uh, f- uh, a day, a feast day. Is that the correct term? Uh, the feast day that was instituted or uh, pro- proclaimed by Pope Francis uh, just recently in the last year or two. And so we're, we want to kind of talk a little bit about the connection between uh, Mary and her title as Mother of the Church, and how that maybe connects a little bit to how mothers, you know, see themselves as you know, their, their connection to the family and, and as teachers of, you know, passing on uh, the faith. But why don't we talk a little bit about this, this feast day and maybe father, you could give us some, some good background. Yeah. This goes back to 2018. Now, now the title is, is an ancient one. It's one that the, you know, the fathers of the church spoke about Mary as the new Eve, uh, just says the woman Eve was the mother of all the living. And so, you know, Mary was the mother of all those living in Christ. Now, when we look at this, though, uh, this title in, in 1964, uh, Pope St. Paul VI declared the Blessed Virgin Mary as mother of the church. And this uh, that she, you know, for all Christian people— the faithful as well as the pastors, this is a quote, who call her the most loving mother. And he established that the mother of God should be further honored and invoked by the entire Christian people by this, what he called, tenderest of all titles, that she's of the church. You know, it was interesting during the Second Vatican Council, there was a, a bit of a debate about having a separate document on the Blessed Virgin Mary. And there's not. Instead, what was done was that there was a, a document, uh, the, the dogmatic constitution of the church, Lumen Gentium, where there is a section on the Blessed Virgin Mary because the council fathers, their understanding was is that she's of the church, that she is, is part of the church, and she was with the church at its at its beginning, at its foundation. And so this is a, a critical time uh, in which she was present. And of course, you know, you, you have on the cross 
the, the Christ is on the cross and he says, you know, uh, he says to, you know, to the blessed Virgin Mary, you know, he, this is your, your son to, to the, the disciple whom Jesus loved to, who we call in by tradition, St. John, uh, the, uh, the apostle and evangelist. And then, you know, son, this is your mother. And so he, he gives her as, as a mother, not only to, to this disciple whom Jesus loved, but to all disciples as, as our mother. And so, you know, we, we see this in, uh, in, in this title that here she is as the one who is together with us as church and is always interceding for us to her son. So this feast day then appropriately comes on the Monday in ordinary time that occurs the day after Pentecost Sunday. And so the Holy Spirit has come, we see the church, and this is the last time, in fact, that we have in the scriptures a reference to the Blessed Virgin Mary, is in is the disciples, the apostles, all there in the upper room, including the women disciples, and the, the mother of Jesus, it says, and the descent of the Holy Spirit. So this feast day, Pope Francis, he thought this would be an appropriate place to place this particular feast day of Mary, Mother of the Church. And at the same time, he's making a connection with the teachings of the Second Vatican Council and the magisterium of Pope St. Paul VI, whom he canonized. And he, in a general audience in 2013, Pope Francis also went on to explore that connection between not only Mary, mother of the church, but also how the church is called mother church and why it's called mother church. And he was talking about the relationship between how a mother brings forth life, but then also is instrumental in raising that life in cultivating and forming it and how the church does the same thing through the sacraments, through the proclamation of scripture, through the administering of um, sacraments such as confession or reconciliation, obviously the Eucharist, all of those are ways that mother church um, feeds her children, nourishes her children and forms her children. And so, you know, to, to really give Mary recognition under this title is so powerful and, um, you know, as members of the body of Christ, we are part of this family, part of this church that we can call mother. And it's this really beautiful image um, that I think we can really be meditating upon as we, um, you know, think about the Easter season. But then, yes, with Pentecost and moving forward as how can we take what, what mother church teaches us and how can we be formed by her and nourished? In order to go out, and so we're as we enter into the month of May. You know, May is this month of of Mary. And this is the very special month of the Blessed Virgin Mary, and so these feast days are often around. What's interesting for for the Palatine spirituality, in fact, if you go to the center's website, you see the Pentecost scene, and that's 
that in Palatine tradition, and in fact, that that particular image was designed by St. Vincent Pallotti. And the feast day of Mary, Queen of Apostles, the feast day of the whole Palatine family, is the day before Pentecost. So for us as Palatine, we have Mary, Queen of Apostles, we have Pentecost, and now we have Mary, Mother of the Church. Oh, so so it's a trifecta there. It really is. Yeah, yeah, really, it really is. And, and often those occur within the month of May. Mm-hmm. Um, not, not always, but they, they often do. Interesting too, you know, we have the secular holiday of Mother's Day also occurring in May, how providential. Yes. Um, and so I think it, it's appropriate in many ways, especially for Catholics, uh, to kind of link all of this together um, into one big, you know, celebration of Mary, motherhood, mothers. Um, it's apropos. Very nice. So, Chrissy, um, <clears throat> do you have any any uh, any thoughts? Um, well, I mean, Mary is such a powerful figure um, for me, and I mean, in the church, of course. But I mean, I remember just kind of my first relationship with Mary um, in an impactful way, and I think that has kind of lent itself to um, to how my life has turned out right um now as a mother but it was really important when i was younger and in high school um and i was able to build my relationship with her but it was all based on her fiat on her yes um and when the angel was there being god's messenger saying fear not for nothing will be impossible with god and that has kind of strengthened me throughout different difficult times in my life. And I think that has kind of um, laid some great groundwork for for my relationship with her um, in a really impactful way. Um, but yeah, no, just uh, just my uh, May is that same kind of just it's all about Mary and it's all about motherhood. And it's just a really beautiful time where there's flowers and there's <laughs> it's just a really, uh, really beautiful time. Maybe I maybe I can point this question to the mothers on on the uh, you know on the podcast, you know, how do you what do you you know we we kind of obviously Chrissy's given her thoughts and Kate maybe you can start us off and talk a little bit about um, you know what as mothers in in a family you know what do you see your role as and is there a connection there to the Blessed Mother and her role as mother of the church. And I, I mean, I, I, I think there's a connection, but you know, I, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think I have to start off by sharing a little bit about my own relationship with our blessed mother. And I think I've mentioned probably on previous podcasts that I really had to learn to love our blessed mother because growing up, she did, she seemed very um, unapproachable to me. I've definitely mentioned this, but I, growing up, I was just much more of a tomboy, always um, playing practical jokes. I would be the one holding worms and playing sports and just into all kinds of mischief. I was like the black sheep of my family. And so Mary, always immaculate and pristine, didn't always um, connect with me. I remember I would like hide my dresses from my mom and she'd be like, go, go get ready for church. And I'd be like, I can't find my dresses. I don't know where they are. If you can find them, then I'll wear them. 
<laughs> Sorry, mom. Um, I'll probably pay for that, you know, <laughs> later in life. Um, now that I have my own daughter, but so yeah, so it took me a while to really understand who our blessed mother was. And it, I remember I was in college on a retreat and meditating on, um, the Annunciation. And that was the first time that I actually saw the bravery in Mary and her utter confidence in God, her forgetfulness of self. For the first time, it seemed heroic to me um, and just bold. And, you know, she wasn't just this meek little like flower in the corner. She was like, all right, let's do this. And I love that attitude. Like, okay, I don't know all the answers. I don't know how you're going to do this miraculous thing that you just told me about, but like, let's do this. And I was like, I can get behind that. Like, I don't know if I had ever at that point in my life said to God, okay, let's do this. Like I have confidence in you. I was always scared and, and shy and wondering, you know, who this God was and what he was going to ask of me. So that was the first time I like started to imitate our blessed mother. And I said, you know what? I want that. And Lord, give, you know, please give that to me. And I surrender to you too, just as our blessed mother did. And that I think really started a kind of sequence of events and led me, you know, down a path to where I am today. And now we just welcomed our third daughter or our third child, my first daughter in October. So, you know, my mom, if she ever listens to this, will, will, be sure to remind me that I proclaimed that I was not going to have kids because I was so I I was I gave my parents such a hard time that I was like I don't want to have kids cuz I know what I was like and now here I am with three hope hoping for more down the road so um I just feel very blessed to be a mother um and I would be happy to keep you know sharing a little bit more about my my what I've learned in motherhood, but um, Chrissy, if you have anything to say, I'll turn it over to you. Yeah. So, I mean, thinking about Mary, I really have um, met her in the scripture um, and early in Jesus' life. And um, in whenever I, I just love reading the gospels and I read them with my students at school and I say, okay, guys, this is like my favorite one, you know, which of course is everyone, but, um, <clears throat> but really the ones with Mary, because, you know, first again, like I kind of had spoken about before when, when she is frightened and she is afraid and, you know, she's reassured. Um, and I think I've stuck with that reassurance, but also we see that throughout. Um, but we also see her, um, her grace and her decision-making. Um, like when they are looking for Jesus in the temple and looking among their friends and looking among, you know, whoever they've seen and, and she finds him. And, um, in that moment as a parent now, I'm, I just think about that. Right. Um, and, it's been really interesting to kind of keep all those things in my heart as my son also does chaotic things and um, mischievous things. But um, it's been really interesting to kind of um, notice the parts with Mary and just really reflect on that. Um, But I really definitely have met her in the scripture. Like I have with, I think I look for those similarities or just little things to hang on to. Anytime I find someone I want to read about, like uh, Martha in the scripture or, you know, different um, females that I really kind of 
would like to think about and reflect on, but Mary is definitely my number one for that, especially now being a mother myself. Yeah, I, I really learned a great deal about Marian devotion from my own mother. My mother is very devoted to the Blessed Virgin Mary, and even you know, every year my hometown makes this float, you know, and, and uh, of with the Rosary and the Blessed Virgin Mary and so forth. And when in all of that, um, there is just this this sense of trust. And it's been something that's been so much a part of her life. So in your own devotion to the to the Blessed Virgin Mary, I mean, where where have you found that, um, Kate and Chrissy in particular, in your own motherhood? Um, I, my, you know, my mother has often, I think, entrusted us as her four sons in, into and her own marriage and so forth. And so many people do that even at their ceremony, you know, placing flowers before the Blessed Mother. But so how's that been for, for you all in, in your own marriages, motherhood? Well, I mean, I being newer to this uh, than some, you know, for <laughs> two years, that's, that's not that long. Oh, no. yeah. yeah oh, okay. but, I thought you meant marriage. I, oh, I was no, like, going on five years. Going on a little yeah, bit. Yeah, no, okay. no. Uh, but I mean, I definitely look for that model. Um, I think she is that perfect model. Um, and uh, I think her grace, um, but also her sweetness um, and her understanding um definitely keep that in my in my thoughts but um in just her uh in her prayer um and i i grew up uh with an interesting relationship with my own mother um but something that <clears throat> i have always um really kept in mind is the rosary and the hail mary prayer and i kind of say that to myself sometimes um it's definitely, you know, a top prayer for me, um, but it's definitely kept me grounded and kept me thinking about the Virgin Mother when I've, uh, I've needed her for sure. Um, well, I think he, I, I've, if I can interject, you know, not that I'm a mother, but I, I think both of you and, and pretty much, and I think all mothers, I think that there is a, uh, a, a they really take on that courage that Mary has. Um, and the, the, you know, as much as Chrissy, you were talking about, you know, the being afraid, but in so many ways she wasn't. And the courage that it took to keep going forward and trusting in God's plan and, and knowing that things were going to be okay and knowing that, you know, she would be taken care of. Um, you know, we, we've talked at length on other episodes about, we talked, you know, on the fatherhood ep podcast episodes, we, you know, talked about Joseph and, and the, his role in the Holy Family. But I think, you know, Mary has a very, like, the courage that she shows, we oftentimes talk about the courage of Joseph, but the courage that she shows, I think, in particular for me as a, as a father, as kind of the other side of the coin, right, is... I'm always in awe of that and the courage that mothers in particular show when it comes to rearing the children and like their role in the family. And in particular, I know uh, my Chrissy and her like courage of getting messy and, uh, you know, um, just taking risks on, you know, letting him do certain things. <laughs> and and I, I like that. I, I, I particularly, I think that's something that, you know, 
obviously Chrissy um, and Kate and, and all mothers, I think, have that sense of courage uh, from her. That's my two cents. Thanks. <laughs> I mean, motherhood is definitely the hardest thing I've ever done and probably <laughs> might ever do. I think um, when I got married, I said, wow, I didn't realize how selfish I was until I got married, you know, because you're now living life with this other person. And then you have kids and you're like, wow, I didn't know how selfish I was until I had children. And um, I'm in a, a weekly group with other mothers and we're constantly discussing this of just like how humbling motherhood is, but how powerful it is. And it is really hard, but like, I can't think of anything I'd rather be doing. I mean, um, I think as a younger mother, you know, kind of in this like millennial generation, um, I had to learn from Mary, not only receptivity, because she's like, you know, the example par excellence of that, but also her hidden life is what I'm very interested in and drawn to. We don't hear pretty much anything about her or the way she raised Jesus, apart from what Chrissy mentioned earlier, that he gets lost for three days. <laughs> um, and of course, then we don't hear about her again until the wedding at Cana. Um, and so when I first became a mother, I was very used to doing my own thing, be, you know, working for the church. I love giving presentations and being out and about and at social events. And I realized that through spiritual direction that that wasn't what I was being called to at that moment. Um, that m the hidden life behind the scenes, what I do each day may not bring much fanfare or prestige, but a mother is called to form another human person so that they can then be launched out into the world. And that is the most important role that anyone could ever give me. And so it was this reshifting of my mentality thinking, okay, no one sees how many diapers I've changed or this millionth crumb that I've swept today, or the fact that I got a rocket of styrofoam rocket thrown at me yesterday. <laughs> but it's this, that doesn't make it, you know, not, you know, it's not productive or efficient, perhaps, in our world standards. And yet it is one of the most important roles, you know, that that anyone could have. So I've, I've learned a lot from our Blessed Mother in her, her humility, her receptivity, and her quietness, and how she raised the Son of God. But we don't hear anything about it. And yet, you know, yeah, so I just, I, I really like that. Um, and I've learned a lot about about that from her. So, well, it's interesting. You said kind of a few things that you said, um, kind of being this millennial mother. Um, and then it also got me thinking, I mean, we're in an age where everything is on social media, right? Like there is so much of our lives that we put out there that, you know, they were looking back and they were like, you know, let's see how this all went. We, they would see everything, right? Well, everything that we put out there. Um, and I think, 
so often we can get caught up in memes and in like kind of the negative or the, this is exhausting that, like you said, like this is the hardest thing. Um, but I think we're called as Catholic mothers and people who want to raise our children in the faith that there is so much more than just the day to day, right? It's finding those little moments. It's finding those little positive aspects or places to really find Christ or find Mary or find God. And um, I've written about little things like this uh, in different blogs that I've written. But I mean, I think that as a mother, it's a perfect opportunity to find those positive moments and stay positive and stay the course and, you know, be that sounding board to when there are those complaints and when there are those people where it's just like, wow, I just, woof, this is day 46 of whatever it is. And it's just stopping and saying, this is a brand new day. Um, you know, this is a perfect opportunity to do anything. Um, and I think that's just that shift kind of like you're saying, but kind of that next step with that positivity too. And John Paul II wrote several things specifically to women and he wrote letter to women. He wrote the apostolic letter. Um, am I going to butcher it? Mulieris dignitatem. Is that right? <laughs> Mulieris dignitatem. And he, he talked about, he, throughout his papacy, John Paul II talked a lot about the feminine genius and how, women are life bearers, not only physically, which obviously we are, but also spiritually. Um, and he talked about spiritual motherhood as well, and how women in particular um, always complement men and are always equal in dignity, but how they can inform society and that what they can bring to society is this ability to receive the other person to give other people life, not only physically, but also in, in, again, their formation or in the way that they can be present to the needs of another. And something that I'm always struck by with other mothers and women is like their ability to like do all these things at once and constantly be thinking about how to meet other people's needs or where they're at. And it's just this beautiful um, expression of motherhood, whether or not you are a physical mother or not. And I think that that is also a beautiful um, point that, that, and and thing that women bring to our culture, um, that level of motherhood as well. And to that point too, I mean, I think uh, that it's true that we are created for this role. Um, Like this role wasn't like we are created for this role for that. Like you're saying that, um, that balance, Um, And there was a quote that I wrote down actually by Pope John Paul II as well, saying holy women are the incarnation of the feminine ideal um, and that there's a special place uh, in the church, but also in motherhood. So just it's just a really great place to be. Um, And I think we're we're among like minds. Right. If you were to ask other mothers who are Catholic and who maybe I'm sure that they can they think about this once in a while, right? And just kind of starting that conversation. But um, it's kind of, it's great to have that conversation with you. <laughs> so, you know, you, Kate, you, you have three children. And Chrissy and Chris, you have, 
you have one. So what, what are the, what kind of advice can you give, you know, because your, your kids are still rather, rather young. And so what is, what does that look like in terms of, because, you know, we get that, that kind of young mother in the, in the blessed mother, you know, the, the whole situation of where, where the child was born, then they have to escape to Egypt, then they settle back in Nazareth. The next time we see it's, you know, Jesus is 12. So all of that period we, we kind of lose, but of, of what really went, went on there to your point, Kate, about the hidden, hidden life. Uh, So any thoughts about how, you know, especially the, the spiritual piece of this and as you're raising your children? Well, um, it's just, it's been really interesting for me being a teacher first before being a mother. Um, because I think in teaching, I've really found my vocation in that way. And even up until, you know, we had been, I was like, you know, who knows, like, you know, I really like being a teacher. I really like being a teacher. And I think the shift for me in becoming his primary teacher, right. Is that, I mean, whether I'm here all day or not, right. It's, it's the primary in that, I've been with him since, you know, he's existed. Um, and seeing that and just knowing um, that my role now is is that much more important for uh, helping him understand right and wrong or, you know, please and thank you. Um, you know, the kid, he doesn't just leave at the end of the day. In fact, I'll leave all them and, and you know, I... I shift into a whole new role. Um, so it's been really eye opening for me in that, um, that, you know, he's, he's, he's with me, you know, the whole time now, but it's, it's just been really interesting, um, becoming that primary teacher and saying, okay, we should, we, you know, we should probably talk about, you know, Simpson Pilates, or we should probably talk about saying grace, you know, just having those thoughts and those conversations together too. Um, has been really interesting for me. As you know from other podcasts, their, their child is named Vincent, uh, and his patron is Saint Vincent Pilati. So I just wanted to put that put oh, that out. Yes, and he he is very aware of of uh, well. Well, I don't think he quite understands the connection just yet, but he uh, knows who St. Vincent Pawawi is. And uh, oh. he's uh, very cute. Oh, yes. Where Pilati go? Where yes, Pilati go? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So cute. How about you, Kate? I mean, it's. mothers and fathers are the first introduction to a child of who God is. And so, you know, I, I take that role seriously and it's also terrifying, you know, because we image the love of the father to, for our children. And so at the end of the day, that's what I want my kids to know is how much they are loved what their ultimate destiny is, they what they were created to be, which is saints with with whatever gifts or talents God has given them. Um, and so, you know, here, and I'm I'm also going to be homeschooling, so we're really thinking about that as well. And and I'm having to take that responsibility even further because I can't just send my kids somewhere um, and hope that they learn that you know throughout <laughs> the day. So we're really thinking about that and talking about that. And I love reading about the saints with 
my children, they're at an age where they just devour the lives of the saints. And they love hearing about, you know, these everyday heroes that were so different. Um, and so, you know, just interesting, but, um, like Chrissy was saying, yes, like we are the primary teachers. And, and at the end of the day, my goal is, like I said, to teach my children how much they are loved and that they were born for some amazing purpose using whatever gifts they have. Um, and we cultivate that in many ways, but I think um, it, it starts with family routines of prayer and even just sitting together for dinner and sharing family life and, um, and then community. Like I could not do motherhood without community. I could not do family life without community. Um, and that is beautifully manifested in the church community, in our neighborhood, um, with other families. And I'm just really grateful and blessed to be living this vocation with other families that are trying to do the same thing. Um, because it, you know, there is, like I said, a lot of responsibility on mothers and fathers, and it helps tremendously to have other mothers and fathers that are reinforcing the gospel message and also the same living out the same sort of family culture and, um, doing so in an intentional way. So, um, I'm just very grateful for that as well. And, um, yeah, I mean, we'll see, we'll see where this journey takes us. <laughs> but I mean, I, I don't know if I have advice, um, but I mean, yes, you do. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I just, I don't mind the little moments is I think I just kind of come back to that. And I think that's consistent with how we've lived our married life too. And even our dating life and just living those moments and um, using them as teachable moments with our son too, kind of like I would as a teacher, but the difference is like how we shape him in our home and together is um, just such a beautiful thing. And um, it's so clear, you know, when he'll say things now that it's like what we'll have said or the way we'll have said it. It's like, wow, you really are hearing everything. So just um, being aware that even, you know, even now he's hearing everything, he's learning everything and everything is at his fingertips, essentially. Well, literally and um, truly, I, he's he's just uh, he's a happy little guy. And I think that's that's because we just. We just love him so much. I think you're doing a great job. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, if I, I, I think I would second what Chrissy said, um, living in the, in the little moments. And uh, I think for the gentlemen listening who might be fathers, uh, you know, for, for, first off, I would suggest giving this a particular episode another listen so you can understand how we can best support our our mothers are our, our, uh, both uh, our own and those that we married. Um, but uh, I, I, I would just, just wanted to agree. I think the little moments and, and knowing that your children are, are, are seeing you and modeling you. And so remembering that both in a, from a practical standpoint, of course, but also from a spiritual one and being intentional about about that, which we've talked about on other podcasts before. <laughs> um, but I think the intentionality is one that we, uh, that you should always remember 
and and of course practice. And one more thing I wanted to add too is like don't be afraid to make mistakes. I mean, it happens. We are not perfect parent. God never expected us to be perfect parents. I constantly ask him why like he entrusted <laughs> humanity with such an amazing mission and you know, even like when he entrusted Peter with the church, it's like these fallen human beings, you know, that we're, we're going to make mistakes and that's okay. Um, God is greater than our mistakes. Um, and I think modeling not only that, you know, we can make mistakes, but that we're forgiven and that we apologize when we make mistakes or, you know, when we lose our temper or when we say something uncharitable that we, we can also bring that to our children and say, I'm so sorry, like mom or dad, you know, we're not perfect either, but we love you and we're trying and, and here's how we can, you know, work on something together. So modeling that humility and knowing that, yes, we have this beautiful responsibility, but if we mess up, like God can still work through that and his grace is bigger than our, our sin and our failings. So don't lose heart. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. People try to like label different parenting styles. Right. And, you know, there's just so much of that. And I think just kind of like you said, just to wrap it up, I mean, I think just parenting in a loving way um, with kindness is like such a lost thought. Right. It's like you could do this or you could try saying these things, but it's really like at the core of it, if there's love and there's kindness and there's understanding, I mean, these kids will learn that, too. So that's all we could do. And so we ask the the Blessed Mother to really be with all mothers, all families, and drawing us all into deeper life in Christ. That's what she wants. So thank you, Chrissy, for being with us. It's really great to to have you. A very unique kind of situation here, uh, in which we had the the couple together there. So thanks, thanks for, for that. Me. Yeah, and thank you. And thanks, uh, thanks everybody for the for this episode. Well, yes, Chrissy, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast. <laughs> um, you can find more about what we talked about tonight um, on our website at catholicapostolatecenter.org. Uh, we've got a lot of resources there uh, on prayer, on catechesis, uh, on on all, and of course, wonderful blog posts written uh, not only by Chrissy, but uh, the. Are many many wonderful blog writers that dive into topics uh, just like we talked about tonight and, and of course plenty of others this wraps up another episode of on mission from the catholic apostolate center i encourage you to like review and subscribe so you don't miss an episode you can find this and other center podcasts on spotify itunes or our special podcast website catholic apostolate center podcast.com